Okay, we're back at it again. Uh, another week, and this week, once again, I do not have a guest, so I will once again be drinking a mystery whiskey. Uh, we should have a guest coming up next week, and we're going to be back to having quite a few guests, um, but there has been a, a specific reason the past few weeks that I haven't been able to have guests. No, it's not coronavirus, but you will know about it soon enough, most likely, especially if you follow me on Instagram and on TikTok. At any rate, uh, this week's episode is going to be one of my favorites. I'm very much enjoying doing this, uh, so I'm definitely going to keep these going. It's going to be another Q&A episode, listener questions. Um, I'm loving the questions that I'm getting from you guys, so absolutely keep them coming. This is I'm excited to answer a few of these. I've answered them in my head, but I haven't written anything down. These are all going to be on the fly once again. Uh, but I'm definitely excited to answer these again. So as always, you can submit any question that you want me to answer on my Instagram. Every Wednesday, I post a Q&A on my story, and you can just respond. It's one of those question stickers. Uh, the Instagram is at whiskey underscore noobs, and you can put any question you want about the podcast, about whiskey, about alcohol, or about anything random. It really doesn't matter. And I will answer it on the show or answer it back to you in a message depending on the nature of the question uh, but the vast majority of them make it to the show so before we get to those questions i'm going to do a very quick review of an unnamed whiskey that is from the whiskey list in the past couple of months give you guys some notes and see if you can guess what it is so on the nose this whiskey is nice and bold uh, it's got a strong alcohol scent but also a strong flavor scent with it um, so the alcohol isn't quite covering it up, but it is there. It's a little harsh on the nose. It does have some sweet smells to it. I'm going to nail those down a little bit better. It does have some sweet smells to it. I would say probably some brown sugar, uh, maybe a little bit of honey, and then also a little bit of a woodiness, uh, like a tasty, like oaky wood. Okay, I'm going to take a sip of it now. Okay, on the palate, once again, strong alcohol accompanied by strong flavors. This has, I'm sticking with the brown sugar, even though I don't know if I did that in my original review of this, but I'm going to say brown sugar, but it also does have uh, like a dark fruitiness to it. Um, I'm going to say it's probably cherries, like cherries and brown sugar. Um, and that's the only hint that you're going to get because I'm worried I might be giving it away already. And I want to get into these questions because I'm very excited to get into these questions. So the first question that we have, and I really like this one, is do you ever get burned out from podcasting or drinking? And I'm going to answer those separately, um, but yes <laughs> to both, yes. Uh, my explanation will be separate. I definitely get burned out from podcasting. Um, this is what I love to do. I enjoy it. Um, I look forward to getting off work and coming back to my house and, and podcasting and recording episodes, especially fun ones like these. But there's obviously going to be uh, some burnout associated with it, and there definitely is, especially on weeks where there's a lot going on. It's really hard to uh, sit back and record an episode, especially this is something I like to do to relax. And so if I'm having the type of day where it's very difficult to relax, that can definitely pose a bit of a challenge. And then it's difficult to put on your, your stage voice and, and be the person that you want to be that's kicked back and relaxed and enjoying the whiskey when you're having a stressful day. Uh, so I absolutely find myself getting burned out on occasion, uh, but I do love to do this and it's not going away anytime soon. Uh, so you, whenever I find myself burned out, I just push through. And typically, I find it similar to the way that I feel about working out a lot of the times where I'll feel burnout and I'll be like, ooh, I don't feel like doing that today. But then once I get going, 
going, I really enjoy it. And I feel that I feel that same way about working out. And that definitely applies to podcasting too. I'll, I'll come up, I'll get my camera set up. Cause I do record these. Even if I don't post the whole episode, I record it for clips. I'll get my camera set up. I'll get my microphone set up. I'll get uh, the lighting set up. And that, that part, it's like, oh, I don't feel like doing this. And then I'll sit down and get rolling. And then it'll really, uh, it'll really start to feel natural and feel fun again. And that usually helps me push through the burnout. But absolutely. And sometimes I'll record a week or two ahead purposefully. That way I don't have to record for a week and get some time off. Everybody needs some time off without a doubt. Now, a burnout from drinking. <laughs> That's a good point. And I actually have been meaning to talk about this. Uh, it's important to take a break from drinking sometimes, even if you're not drinking enough to get drunk um, or to even get a buzz on, like I'll just have a glass of whiskey. It's important not to just keep drinking, you know, constantly. And I, I do get burned out from it. Absolutely. I especially get burned out because I drink whiskey a lot, obviously, and everybody I know associates me with whiskey. And when I'm going out, a lot of times what I want is a glass of whiskey, but that's not always the case. And so, especially on like TikTok videos and things, I'm always, I got to be that guy who drinks whiskey. Um, but there are plenty of times where I just want a beer. And the, the first time that I really noticed this, I actually went to the bar with my friends and I, uh, have been going through a long spurt of just whiskey because that is what I like the most. Um, but I do get burned out from it because we went to the bar and I got a beer uh, just because that was just what I, I don't even know. It was just kind of on a whim. I just got a beer. But I remember uh, when I took a drink of it, I was like, oh my gosh, this tastes good. Like I had just been missing it and didn't even realize that I was missing it. Uh, so I absolutely get burned out from drinking, especially drinking whiskey. But I do like to take a break from drinking every once in a while. Now, I usually drink once a week, obviously, because I make this podcast. Um, but I definitely will go a couple weeks where that's the only drinking that I do is on the podcast uh, purposefully because not only do you get burned out, but it's also not necessarily good for you to be drinking constantly. Uh, and so I, I try to uh, take a break as often as I can. And I do get burned out from it, especially, you know, if you're drinking enough to get buzzed, especially uh, the way that it can make your body feel is just, it's not great. And so I like to take a break from it on occasion and sometimes try to take a break for as long as I can. I actually did dry January last year, and that's definitely nice to just completely pump the brakes on alcohol for a little bit. So to make a, a short question, a really long answer, I absolutely get burned out from both of those things. And it's very important to recognize when you're getting burned out from things and give yourself a break from them. You need that time to recover, whether it's podcasting or drinking or anything. Burnout is not a good thing. And it's really easy to sit back and say, well, I'm just going to keep pushing through. I'm just going to I'm just going to double down on the podcast this week. But you're only doing yourself a disservice because if you double down now, you're going to fail next week or the week after. You're going to make it a certain distance and then you're going to fail. So you've got to take a break, which is why, like I said, I'll purposefully get one episode ahead or two episodes ahead and then I'll take a break for like a whole week. That way I don't have to do that. Um, otherwise, the burnout's just going to eat you up and, and you don't want that. But my moral of the story to you guys at home listening is absolutely take a break from drinking. I promise you, if you even if you haven't thought of it and you take a break from drinking, you're going to be like, oh, this feels kind of nice. <laughs> you don't ever want to uh, get to the point where you don't want to take a break from drinking. I guess that's uh, the, the point to all of it, right? 
So that that's my answer to that question. Um, thank you for that question. And it's something I've been meaning to communicate to everybody. And so I'm really glad that I got the chance to tell everybody about it. The next question, a little bit less serious, uh, but pretty funny. And I appreciate the listener who submitted it. Do I miss Applebee's? <laughs> That's a great question. For those of you who don't know what this listener is referring to, um, on an episode with Bryce, we talked about Applebee's and he talked about how you need perspective on what a good whiskey tastes like. So you have to drink a bad whiskey. And he said that his girlfriend needed perspective on what a bad steak tasted like. So he took her to Applebee's so that she'd appreciate the steak that he makes, which is hilarious, arguably. Uh, but I do miss Applebee's sometimes. I actually am not nearly as stern about Applebee's as Bryce is. I recognize the jokes that it's microwave food and not good food, but I actually like Applebee's. My wife and I literally, it's funny that you asked this question because we literally just went there a couple weeks ago. So, so yeah, I, I enjoy Applebee's. I wouldn't say I miss it because I still go there if I feel like going there. Uh, I like to enjoy the food, even if I know it's not gourmet every once in a while, it's just solid food, I guess. Uh, so I do enjoy Applebee's. I'm fancy like that. If you know that TikTok reference, uh, I don't think I ever used that sound on TikTok, Did I? Hmm. That's a shame. Sometimes I miss the trends and then they're already gone. The next question, um, back to being a little bit serious, a little bit about whiskey. It's a good question. What's your favorite thing to drink besides whiskey? This is a tough question because I never really think about it. Um, One of the things that I historically love, uh, and I feel like it played a role in my love of whiskey, as a kid, before I could drink any alcohol, obviously, I was huge into cream soda. And if you don't know, cream soda has like a very craft-esque twist to it a lot of the times. A lot of cream sodas that you can find at the store, specifically, um, I live in Ohio, and I'm not far from a store called Layman's, and they sell all kinds of sodas. There's also a world market that sells all kinds of sodas. And they have a ton of different cream sodas at both of those stores. So as a kid, I was really big into cream sodas. And I'd say I still am. I don't drink a lot of non-diet pop nowadays. I don't even drink a lot of diet soda, to be totally honest, especially if it's not being mixed. Like I like to make different cocktails and things. But if I am drinking a non-diet soda, odds are it was either my only option or or it's a cream soda because I do still love cream soda. I still get it for gifts a lot of the time because uh, everybody around me knows that I love it. And I, I like to think that led to my love of whiskey, to be totally honest, uh, because it, it was my first dipping my toe into all the same beverage, just made differently and had different flavors to it. And I loved that as a kid. I was a really chubby kid. So <laughs> so I drank a lot of non-diet cream soda. Uh but maybe someday I'll uh, muster up the courage to post a photo of chubby Chris. I was very chunky as a child. <laughs> um, and so cream soda. Yeah, that was my that was my drink. And it probably still is, I would say, aside from like seasonal drinks. Because like it's fall. So I want to say apple cider. And like in the wintertime, I want to say hot chocolate. Uh, but all year round, aside from whiskey, it's probably cream soda. Which, by the way, I feel like that's kind of a divisive topic has anybody ever heard that with cream soda because i never knew that like growing up i feel like it's kind of like mustard where people like love it or hate it because i never really knew anybody who absolutely hated it like as a child but as an adult i've met a multitude of people who just hate cream soda which blew my mind when i first like met them because i'm like what it's just really sweet how can you hate it uh so 
that kind of blew my mind. I just, it's a little aside there, but I guess it is kind of like drinking straight whiskey. You either love it or you hate it. Uh, but I absolutely love cream soda just for everybody out there. Maybe we'll do a cream soda tasting episode or we'll, we'll work that in somehow. I don't know. I'll find a way and I'll work it in. Now, the next question was more of a statement than a question. Um, I apologize if I misunderstood what you meant by this, uh, if you're listening right now. Um, But the next question slash statement was crown apple in mixed shots is what they put. I'm guessing it was kind of like a question mark, like, can you put crown apple in mixed shots? It's kind of the way that I read it. Uh, And the answer is tune in. Is that next week? I think that's two or three weeks from now. Tune in at a later date. (laughs) Yes, you can absolutely make mixed shots with Crown Apple. Crown Apple, especially as I've been experimenting with it since I bought that bottle for the episode, is an excellent mixer, and you can get really creative with it, and I intend to. So we will have it coming up on a future episode, and I'm going to make a few different things with it. Uh, If you're on the email list, you already know that episode's coming up, and you already know what whiskey is going to go with the Crown Apple which is going to make it very interesting. I have been experimenting like crazy. Uh, My wife has been tasting all of these cocktails like crazy. Uh, She's probably horribly sick of tasting all of them. Uh, But it's very exciting. I can't wait. So that's going to be a really fun episode coming up here in, I think, two weeks from the airing of this episode. I'm actually recording this episode a little bit early as well. But yeah, but uh, uh, my answer to that is tune in. That's for sure the the best answer you're going to get. The next question is my thoughts on Screwball. Uh, I got this from a listener uh, a little while ago, so I apologize that I'm just now getting to it. I might start incorporating these questions at the ends of like episodes, especially shorter episodes. That way I can get to them quicker. But at any rate, uh, I was asked my thoughts on Screwball whiskey. For those of you who don't know, Screwball, it's spelled with a K, S-K-R-E-W. Um, I think that's how it's spelled, S-K-R-E-W-B-A-L-L, I think. Uh, it's a whiskey. It's a flavored whiskey. And it's peanut butter flavored. And it it basically made, at least as far as I've known and from my experience with peanut butter whiskey, Screwball is what made peanut butter whiskey so much of a thing. Uh, Screwball was the first that I had heard of, at least, that was peanut butter. And it was really good. And so everybody all of a sudden started making peanut butter whiskeys. And now you've got a thousand brands that all make peanut butter whiskeys. Uh, But Screwball, I think, was the first. It was the first that I tried. And I loved it. Uh, there's a couple other really good ones. I haven't had Bird Dog makes a peanut butter, but I haven't had it. Uh, and then there's a one called Sheepdog, I believe. Yeah, Sheepdog. And one of my buddies from college actually had it and uh, let me try it, and I liked that as well. I really like Screwball. I want to sit down and compare it to Sheepdog because Sheepdog is significantly cheaper. Uh, but one thing that I loved with Screwball was I saw on TikTok a uh, Screwball mixed drink where you took triple berry Truly. I think the flavor is triple berry. I don't know Truly very well. Maybe it's mixed berry. It's a the berry Truly, whatever that one is. And you can buy just that flavor in a six pack. That's, that's how I ended up buying it. Uh, you take that and you mix it with Screwball to whatever ratio you like. I had to play with it a little bit to get it right. Uh, but you mix that just as a mixed drink on ice, and it is fantastic because it tastes like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So I actually made a TikTok about that. You can still find that it's on my TikTok. It's one of my earlier videos, I think. I think that's, I mean, tech, I haven't been on TikTok for very long in the grand scheme of things, but uh, it was an earlier video. It was before I started posting like a lot of content like I do now. But 
moral of the story screwball is very good uh great for mixing and another one that i do want to get creative with my mixed drinks with it i just haven't yet i don't have any on my shelf right now i have some sheepdog still because it's a lot cheaper and i bought it to try it to compare it since i tried my buddies uh while we were drinking together and then i was like well i'm gonna buy myself a bottle and see how i like it and i it stood up to it i mean the sheepdog was great but i haven't tried them side by side so that's that's the plan is to do that in the future. Maybe I'll make that into an episode or a TikTok, something like that. Uh, but my thoughts on Screwball overall is that it's similar to Crown Royal. It's not, you know, I'm not going to sit down and, and drink it out of Glen Cairn. But for what it is, it's a delicious, delicious drink. Great mixer. Uh, plan on making some interesting mixed drinks with it. I have a couple recipes bounced around in my head that I had already thought of previously. And so I, I want to try those for sure. The last question for this week is a very important question that I not so often sit back to answer. And I feel like it's one of those questions that once you're asked it, you're like, oh, this should be obvious. And then it's not obvious. So I I'm, love this question. I'm excited to answer it. What does a good whiskey or bourbon mean to me? A lot of people will typically ask about whiskey slash bourbon because bourbon in America is the big thing right now. But what's what's a good glass of whiskey mean to me? And maybe I'll answer this separately for whiskey and for bourbon. It's going to be a similar answer, I think. But I do have a preference as to the types of bourbon that I like. So I'll answer that separately. What does a good whiskey mean to me? This is an awesome question because you never sit down and really think about it. I mean, I go through all these whiskeys and I try them all and I think, oh, this one's better than this one, this one's better than that one. But how often do you really sit back and nail down? Why? Why is that one better? Why do you like that one more? And my answer to that question is going to be, well, obviously it's not going to be more than just one sentence, but my main answer, if I had to pick like one characteristic of a whiskey that made it a good whiskey in my eyes, that characteristic would be the complexity of it. It's not necessarily the flavor profile. And you'll notice that I always say I like Irish, I like Scotch, I like bourbon. Um, I'm not biased to any one type of a profile. And that's because whiskey for me is about admiring the artwork of the whiskey. I love it. I love seeing a whiskey even if i like the main flavor isn't necessarily a flavor that i enjoy even if it's not necessarily like sweet like that's why i like buffalo trace which we're going to get to we're going to get to bourbons but that's why i like buffalo trace because it's sweet it's all these flavors that i really like but a good whiskey specifically to me does not necessarily need to have a flavor profile that i enjoy uh, a great example of that is a lot of your peated scotches now i do like a lot of the flavors in peated scotches but the flavor of the peated scotch can sometimes get overwhelming to me. And and like it does to a lot of people, it can be kind of harsh. But I still love peated scotches, even though the main flavor sometimes kind of weighs down my tongue and I'm not really a fan of it. I love how complex some of them are. A lot of them, it's like people put so much time into making this awesome palate. And so a, a good whiskey to me typically means that's the number one thing is the complexity. The number two thing is probably going to be this, this quote-unquote smoothness that you hear everybody talk about. I like my whiskey to be easy to drink. That is just how I prefer my whiskey. Um, so the smoothness can definitely be a factor, but that can also be counteracted by the strength. You know, you can't, you can't have a really strong whiskey that is also very smooth. You, I mean, you can, uh, but the strength is going to take away from that smoothness a little bit. It's going to add a little bit of harshness, usually. 
And I like strong whiskeys too, because I like how complex of a profile they have. So you got to find a balance with all of those things and determine, you know, a good ratio of smooth and complex. Uh, and also I like an oily finish typically, uh, but you want to balance out all of those things and a whiskey that does that well, that is strong enough. Usually the strength has a lot to do with the complexity, um, strong and has really good complexity, but also very smooth to drink. That right there is what I would consider a good whiskey. Another thing that I would say plays into it too, is the price. I mean, I don't want a whiskey if it's stellar and delicious, but costs absurd amounts of money, then it's not a good whiskey in my opinion, because it's like, you got to balance all of those things out. Now there is a limit to it, right? There are obviously expensive whiskeys that I enjoy. I've paid more money than I care to admit to try uh, rare whiskeys like old Rip Van Winkle and it's worth it to try them. Um, but the price definitely is a factor, which is why another reason why I'm such a big fan of Buffalo Trace, because I know that it's hard to find, but I know that if my listeners can find it, it's going to be pretty inexpensive, about the same cost as a bottle of Jack Daniels. And I love the profile of it. So that's why I recommend whiskeys like that all the time. So all of those things are going to be a factor, and there's more to it too. Um, there's the uh, display of the whiskey. That's another thing that I really enjoy is when a bottle has a very nice display to it. It's not just a plain bottle. All of those things are factors. In terms of palate, though, the big thing for me is complexity and smoothness. Uh, if you find a good balance of those two, then I, you know, that's a good whiskey in my book. Now, specifically a good bourbon, and I wanted to narrow this down because a good bourbon, all the same rules are going to apply as a good whiskey. So since we're specifying bourbon, I want to talk about the flavor profile of bourbons. Uh, because a good bourbon to me, bourbons have a wide expanse of different flavors. A lot of people don't realize that, especially the people don't realize that about whiskey. So if you narrow it down to just bourbon, then people are like, oh, so those are really all going to taste the same. No, they don't. And a good bourbon to me, especially Buffalo Trace is like, it's really leading the charge with this for me. It's just the the absurd amount of sweetness that Buffalo Trace has. And I, I shouldn't say absurd. That was a bad descriptor because it's not an overwhelming sweetness. And you're able to sit back and continue to drink more of it. I shouldn't mention that on uh, what a good whiskey is as well. Is It shouldn't weigh down your palate too much either. Some whiskeys, you're not going to have a choice like a peated scotch. Uh, but a good whiskey, you're going to want to keep drinking. So that's, a, that's another factor. But for the good bourbon, I love when you're up front flavors, especially caramel. Caramel is a big one for me. Uh, I love brown sugar as an upfront flavor, and I typically lean towards the ones that have a darker fruit to them. And a good amount of smokiness, because you get used to the smokiness pretty easily, at least I do. And um, I like a good amount, but not like overwhelming, obviously. Like I was just saying, I don't want to wear down my palate. So a good bourbon to me is going to probably have that type of a flavor profile. Now, I don't want to limit myself to that because I also really liked Heaven's Door and I loved how spicy it was, like cinnamons and all those types of flavors. So I really liked that as well. Um, but I would say in general, like if I was like at the store, didn't know what I was in the mood for and I was like, let's buy a bourbon. You know, I just want like a run of the mill bourbon. What am I going to buy? I'm going to look for one that I know is going to have that that type of a profile where your caramel slash brown sugar are kind of your leading um, your leading sweet notes, and then also your fruit notes are probably going to be darker rather than lighter. Uh, that's kind of the, the way that I prefer my bourbon to taste. But that's not to say I don't like other bourbons as well. I actually had 
It was one of the old Forrester bourbons. I forget which one off the top of my head. Maybe 1910, I think. And it has, if it's 1910, I'm, I'm thinking that's what it is. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Um, but it had uh, like very banana, banana nut flavors to it. And I actually had a friend who told me like, oh, this tastes just like banana nut bread. And I was like, what? I, you're, you're full of it. And so then he gave me a glass of his and I uh, took a sip and I was like, dude, and it did. And maybe he like, you know, preloaded my brain so that I ended up thinking it tasted like that. But it was really enjoyable too. So those desserty flavors, which is not, you know, the reason I point that out for bourbon is because like scotches and, and like Jameson is a great example is a little bit more bitter, like Justin and I had said, but I really like that profile sometimes. So from a bourbon, I don't want that profile, but from an Irish, that's a good profile for me. So it just depends. Um, but as far as bourbon goes, uh, that, that'd be my answer as to what a good bourbon is to me. It has those upfront bakery sweets, which I know a lot of them tend to, but caramel and brown sugar would probably be my two favorite notes to get from a bourbon. I'm a big brown sugar guy. Always have been. Like I said, chubby kid. <laughs> uh, but that's all the questions that I've got for this week. I'm going to do another quick tasting of this whiskey, and then we're going to round it out for the day. So something that I didn't think about until I was going on and on about what a good bourbon is uh, was the spiciness of this. And it does have a little bit of spiciness. It gets your jaws a little bit. I would say probably cinnamon off the top of my head. Um, that was just one quick sip, but I'm thinking probably cinnamon. Um, so you got your you got your kind of brown sugar up front, I think. Uh, you got cinnamon with it. That makes it maybe a touch more harsh because that alcohol harshness is still there a little bit as well. But I don't want to say it's harsh alcohol. The flavor still comes through very well, but there's a lot of alcohol. Maybe that gives it away. And then uh, definitely darker fruit, definitely uh, some cherries. Uh, if you haven't guessed what it is yet, maybe some plum too. Maybe that gives it away if you've been listening to the show. Uh, hopefully you've narrowed it down to a bourbon, especially since I said brown sugar and dark fruit, and I was just talking about how I like brown sugar and dark fruit in a bourbon. Uh, but this bourbon specifically is Four Roses Single Barrel Bourbon. Uh, we had this a few episodes ago, and I, last week or two weeks ago, told you guys, oh, I don't want to drink it because I don't want you to guess it so easily, or I've been having a lot of Four Roses on the show lately, so I had it on anyways, just to throw you off. Um, actually, I was just I saw the bottle. Talk about good bottle presentation, by the way. Excellent. I love the, the unique shape of that bottle. Um, but I saw the bottle, and I was like, ooh, I want a glass of that tonight. So yeah, this is the Four Roses Single Barrel Bourbon. The reason it has stronger alcohol, I had mentioned that, uh, is because it is stronger. It's 49, I'm looking, 49.4% ABV is the bottle that I have, if I'm reading that right from this far away. Uh, but it's very good, and the flavors come through very well, even though it is stronger with the alcohol, which is why I wanted to make that distinction. So... Something that uh, I had mentioned, you know, it's stronger alcohol, but they balance it out with a complex palate. This might be a touch unbalanced, but also I think my palate might just be a little fragile tonight. It's one of those nights where I smelled it and I was like, I feel like this is going to feel harsh for the first few sips. So that could be it as well. Um, but I've always loved this uh, since the first glass of it that I had. I, I haven't had a glass disappoint me yet. So the Four Roses, single barrel bourbon. If you missed that episode, you're going to want to go back and listen to it. 
that is all that I had for the questions today. Once again, I want to thank everybody uh, who submitted a question. I absolutely love doing these episodes, so keep submitting those questions every Wednesday on my Instagram, at whiskey underscore noobs. You can just click on my story and tap the sticker and type in any question that you want. It's very easy. All you got to do is type in a question and hit send, and I will answer it. If I keep getting them at a higher rate, I've been getting them a little bit more lately now that I've been posting regularly, uh, then I might start working them in at the ends of episodes, so do a whole normal episode and then answer a couple questions because I really enjoy answering these. And you guys are asking some good questions that I don't sit down and think about often. So I'm really liking it. Keep them coming. Thank you to everybody who submitted them. And that is all that we got for this episode. So thank you guys for listening. Learn to drink. Drink to learn. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, please make sure that you tell anyone you know who you think would be interested in the hobby or in the podcast. That way we can help to spread the word and continue to grow. Please also make sure to review the show on Apple Podcasts and share our posts on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs or on TikTok at whiskey noobs podcast. Uh, it only takes a couple of minutes and it really does a lot to help spread the word and grow the podcast. Also, there is an email list for the show. If you'd like to join, you can just send an email to whiskey noobs podcast at gmail.com and in the subject line put email list i will add you to the list and then you'll be updated every month with the whiskeys that we will be drinking on the show throughout the month that way you can drink right along with us and see if you're getting the same notes once again thank you so much for listening to the show the whiskey noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol